Week 9 of the NBA 2021-22 season is in the books. It's time to run it back. This is Run It Back, NBA Week in Review. The voice of the fans. Drop a bounce pass, throw down the rim rocker. Lay up off the glass, right past the shot blocker. I follow through like Kobe's money. You can cash it. For news on LA hoops, come over to Beach Basket. Up-to-date sports, post-game reports, debates and play-by-play coming straight off the court. The voice of the fan making noise, causing havoc. Zone a man up, you can ask Peach Basket. The Peach Basket, coming soon on air. The Peach Basket, where the news begins. We're dropping news, like we're in the stands. Creating news from the Aston fans. This is the show where we recap the, the week that was in the NBA, then take a deep dive into select teams with our team of fan experts. Tonight, we will get updates on the Miami Heat from Isaac Edelman of our partner site, flteams.com, Oklahoma City Thunder, and Memphis Grizzlies from Theodore Fernandez, and the Los Angeles Lakers from me. But before we hear from them, we want to take a look back at the week that was These are the marquee matchups for each day in week nine. This is the NBA Rapid Recap. There were seven games in the association on Saturday, December 11th. The NBA spotlight was on Stephen Curry, Golden State Warriors, that took on the Philadelphia 76ers. Curry was inching close to the all-time three-point record, but the Sixers kept him in second place beat the Warriors 102-93. Sunday, December 12th, there were six games. The Brooklyn Nets took on the struggling Detroit Pistons. Kevin Durant scored 51 points, the most so far in any game in the 2021-22 season in the Nets' 116-104 win. On Monday, December 13th, there were nine games played. Western Conference and Pacific Division rivals, the Los Angeles Clippers and Phoenix Suns, matched up. Both were missing key players, but the Clippers came out on top, 101-95. Tuesday, December 14th, was a record-breaking day in the NBA. Only three games were played, but one of them included the greatest three-point shooter in NBA history. Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors took on the New York Knicks in Madison Square Garden in the East versus West battle. The story of the game, which the Warriors won 105-96, was Steph Curry passing Ray Allen as the greatest three-point scorer in NBA history. There were 11 games on Wednesday, December 15th. Eastern Conference powerhouse teams, the Miami Heat, Philadelphia 76ers faced off in Philadelphia. Miami was up for the road challenge, beating the Sixers 101-96. to Four games on Thursday, December 16th. The spotlight stays on the East Coast and on the Philadelphia 76ers. They travel to Brooklyn to take on the very hot Kevin Durant, and the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets, behind 34 points and 11 rebounds from KD, earned the W 114-105. Finally, on Friday, December 17th, 
There were eight games in the association. Today, we saw the return of IT, Isaiah Thomas. The two-time All-Star signed a 10-day contract with the Los Angeles Lakers and made an immediate impact. He led the Lakers with 19 points, but it wasn't enough as they lost to the energized Minnesota Timberwolves and Carl Anthony Towns, 110-92. Run It Back NBA Week in Review is part of the Basketball Podcast Network. As if that wasn't enough good news, we're also excited to welcome a new sponsor, DraftKings. Now, we've always been and will always be a show and site dedicated to basketball. We exist to amplify the voice of passionate basketball fans worldwide. But like most sports fans, we love competition in all forms and all sports, including football. I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL and sponsor of Run It Back NBA Week in Review. Let's start our in-depth team by dropping the pin in Miami and bringing in Isaac Edelman. So Isaac comes to us from our uh, partner site, flteams.com, your one-stop shop for all things Florida sports-related. Isaac, welcome. I know you're excited to talk about the Heat. What kind of week did they have? The Heat had a very good week um, in terms of the record 3-1 and one, and also player performances. Um, but I guess we could discuss those player performances when we discuss their games. So last Saturday, the Heat faced the Bulls. And they beat them. Look, two very good teams going at it. The Heat were at home. That could have been the difference. I think it was the difference because the Heat didn't have Bam Adebayo or Jimmy Butler. And the Bulls, even though they didn't have DeMar DeRozan, they had Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, Vucevic, and Alex Caruso. So the Heat won 118-92. to The next game, which was on Monday, was a loss to the Cavaliers in Cleveland. Now, look, obviously the Heat, I think, personally, are better than the Cavaliers. But both teams, the Heat and Cavaliers, are 18 and 12, fourth in the East. So, by no means, the Cavs are a bad team. They're a very good team. And they've been playing terrific this year. So, it is a disappointing loss. But, look, at least it was to a top team like the Cavs and not the 2020 Cavs. Because this 2021 Cavs team is very good. Um, But some positives from that game. Again, no Jimmy Butler, no Bam Adebayo. P.J. Tucker had a season-high 23 points, so that's of note. The next game against the Philadelphia 76ers, the Heat won in Philadelphia, 101-96. to Duncan Robinson had 21 points, which was something good to see. Dwayne Dedman, double-double with 10 points and 14 rebounds, but the biggest performance from that game was Gabe Vincent 
dropping a career-high 26 points. Well, in the next game, he had a new career-high. Let's break that down. Against the Magic, Florida rival, the Heat beat the Magic in Orlando, 115-105. to Gabe Vincent set a new career high, 27 points. Another guy on the Heat set a new career high, Max Struess. Max Struess had 32 points, which was a career high. He also had a career high, 7 rebounds. Omer Yurtsevin. Jose, we know we like him. A career high, 12 rebounds. The Heat are getting big performances from their, by no means, bad players, but by their deep bench pieces. But these deep bench pieces are going to put the Heat atop any other team in the East down, you know, these next few weeks because of these COVID protocols. Because I don't think any other team has in the East has as deep of a bench as Miami. Um, I, I just think what Gabe Vincent's doing, what Max Drews is doing, what Yurtsevin's doing is just phenomenal. Gabe Vincent, Max Drews, both undrafted, are really stepping up. This Heat team yeah. is amazing right now. If we look at the last game against the Magic, they didn't have Adebayo. They didn't have Butler. They didn't have Oladipo. They didn't have Kyler Hero. They didn't have Markeith Morris. And they didn't have Caleb Martin. And Duncan Robinson and Kyle Lowry are not stepping up. Robinson had only 6 points in the game against the Magic. Kyle Lowry had only 11 points. He did have 15 assists, which was a season high. But... They're not stepping up. So someone needs to step up if the Heat are winning. And that player is Gabe Vincent. And last night against the Magic, it was Max Drews. Just phenomenal performances from these Heat players. The Heat are really, really good. And I expect them to be continuously good down this stretch, especially with players entering the COVID protocols. It's that interesting time of year, even outside of – you know, the pandemic, unfortunately, that we're still uh, in, um, where, you know, players are out. Um, That happens, and that's why teams build up, uh, you know, a deep bench in the hopes that it's going to pay off for them. Uh, Obviously, this season is a lot different because not only are players out with bumps and bruises and, you know, other injuries, legitimately bad injuries, uh, and we're dealing with this health and safety protocol issue. What is so encouraging to me, if I'm a Heat fan, is that, and you're still my thunder, these two guys that are leading the way in the last two games are undrafted players. Now, think about that for a second. These Every single team in the association had a chance to put these guys on their roster, and they passed. Exactly. But somebody in the Heat saw something in these guys. That's impressive. That uh, that That's impressive. And something that I think we're used to seeing out of a franchise like the San Antonio Spurs, but is 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 this historically something that's happened in the Heat? Uh, you know, again, I these are the kind of the nuances that I don't know about. I know you're a big Heat fan. I know you believe in in Heat culture. I know that you guys have adopted Pat Riley as your own when he belongs to LA. But is this something that is normal in the Miami Heat um, um, franchise to find those nuggets, those undrafted nuggets? Absolutely, and it's mainly because of Pat Riley. But uh, okay. the Heat, the Heat uh, got Duncan Robinson undrafted. He, he hasn't been playing that good this year, but he got a big contract for a reason, and that's because he's been playing well in the past few years. Um, the Heat drafted Tyler Hero with the 13th pick in the first round. By no means is that close to being undrafted, but he should have been a top five pick 
you know, based off how he's playing now. So yeah. that was a terrific, good draft pick. And, and then um, I, I think that maybe it's not in the same category as drafting well, but just the trades that the Heat have been able to pull off and free agent signings. Obviously, it comes with money, but just, you know, picking the brains of other teams to get the better package of a trade. Yeah, no, it's a, it, it, it's, it's a skill set that few in the NBA have, and it's undeniable that Pat Riley, who, who built, you know, had a key, I don't know that he built the team here in L.A., but he certainly had a key piece in making them what they turned out to be in the 80s. Um, he's that kind of executive. So, yeah, that, that to me, that's incredibly impressive that these two guys leading the way are, are undrafted. Um, as always, a great update on the Miami Heat. Um, I think that they are certainly bubbling to the top of the Eastern Conference. Uh, as always, they're going to be a team to watch. Isaac, thank you. We're going to go ahead and drop the pin now in Oklahoma City and talk about the exciting Thunder team. Uh, I know that their record isn't exactly what I think a lot of people, certainly in Oklahoma City, want it to be, but I like this team. I think that they're an exciting team. Um, I think that they have uh, a path forward, uh, which is what you want, at least what I would want from a team that isn't necessarily, you know, shooting for a playoff berth. Uh, so, Theodore, tell us a little bit about your Thunder this week. Okay. So, you know, it was a weird week. They went one and two. The, um, game against LA just concluded in the right. time since the graphic was made which I'll get to later but um, they started yeah. out with a tough loss in Dallas um, it was just a bleak game overall um, no one really contributed in any way and that's the downside of a rebuild like that you'll have games like that it's not quite as bad as that 73 point loss that we saw a couple weeks back that I'm sure people will always look back at but um it was just a bleak game that doesn't leave much hope for the future. But then you go to the very next game, and it's um, against New Orleans. Gildress Alexander puts up an amazing performance, hits what almost was a game-tying shot before they lost on a um, full-court buzzer beater. But that kind of game instills yeah. hope. And then you have what just happened this night, where Oklahoma City defeated the Los Angeles Clippers on a Shea Gildas-Alexander buzzer beater. That is the kind of game that makes you see what a rebuild is all about. Shea, yep. Shea just proved himself as a franchise cornerstone if there was any doubt at all, which I don't think there was. That's just a game where everybody stepped up. You had Josh Giddy. He um, was two points away from a triple-double, put up 18 rebounds. Wow. Lou Dort. 29 points on absolutely amazing um, shooting splits. And Shea Gildas-Alexander, obviously, with the incredible buzzer beater, which is, um, if you haven't seen, absolutely go check that out. It's just an incredible shot. You know, you look at a game like that, and a rebuild is worth it. When um, last year, at the end of the season, Sam Presti said that when we arrive in the playoffs, it will be an arrival and not an appearance. This team is not mm-hmm. trying to, you know, reach the playoffs, get swept, and be done. Right. They're trying to reach the playoffs and make some serious noise. And this team has proven that down the line they will have the ability to do that. All Thunder fans should be absolutely excited about this team right now. 
Yeah, I'm not a Thunder fan in the sense that, you know, I follow them, I know them, but I can absolutely tell you I'm excited about this team. I love Lou Dort's game. Um, uh, I, I can't believe that, that he had that kind of offensive firepower that he had that he showed tonight. I, I've been a fan of Shea Gilgis Alexander since I saw him. He started with the Clippers. Um, and I, I think it's so interesting, you know, that he had that, that you know, not the buzzer beater, but that incredible shot against the Pelicans um, that, that looked to be it, um, you know, only to get it taken away by that ridiculous shot. Uh, but karma, right, the basketball gods, whatever you want to call it, gave him another shot. He took it today and made it. Uh, very interesting um, if you do happen to watch that game. Uh, Nicholas Batoon, who had just made a three-pointer for the Clippers to give them an extended lead, uh, was on um, uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander. And he's Nicholas Batoon is a very good defender. He backed away. He gave him the shot. Now, I don't know. You know, I haven't looked at it enough to know, did he get fooled? Uh, or was he literally just going to, you know, kind of giving him the shot? But I think the NBA knows now you do not give <laughs> Shea Gilgis Alexander any shot with no time left or close to no time left. Uh, which leads me to you know my, my follow-up question about Shea. Again, I, I'll tell you, I'm a big fan of his. Um, what do you see, Theodore, as Shea's potential ceiling? Uh, is he an all-star? Is he a multi-time all-star? Um, is he better than that? I mean, is he a potential face-of-the-NBA type player? What do you think? Well, I think he... I think that he has unlimited potential. His game is so unique. He just does everything so well. And people really haven't caught on to this yet. I um, I was really looking into this over the summer last year. You know, he got a huge extension. People were, a lot of people didn't see why OKC would do this. They didn't really respect his game. But I really crunched mm-hmm. the numbers. And if you compare him to these other elite point guards like Trey Young and John Morant, he has really put up almost identical stats on better efficiency. You know, he is wow. really just such an efficient player. He really has um, a mid-range game that really has only been seen in Chris Paul. There's, It's a very unique play style. I really don't see why he can't become a, um, a regular All-NBA player. You know, I don't think wow. he'll ever be Luka Doncic face of the NBA level, but... I think he'll be right at that next tier, you know, maybe low, like, I don't know, five to 10 range when you're looking at the top players. Obviously, I'm yeah. a little biased as a Thunder fan. I know there's a lot he has to work on, but I really see no reason why he can't take that next step. And I think we're starting to see it blossom this year. Yeah, 100% agreed. I'm excited to be on that journey and I will be watching because I, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think he's a great player and he, he's just fundamentally sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, so young. Theodore, great recap on uh, an exciting Thunder team. Hopefully next time we talk Thunder, we will not talk about that uh, 72, 73-point blowout. I'll leave that one in the past. But thank you. I appreciate it, as always. Now we're going to go ahead and change things up just a little bit. This is something that I do from time to time. We're going to drop the pin in L.A. and talk to me. Um, now, because I don't want to be on alone, uh, just doesn't feel right. I've asked Isaac to come in and kind of officiate my recap. Um, I, um, 
you know, we, we, we have started to say, I think the correct thing to say is we have several people on the peach basket team that are Lakers fans. Um, and I, I, I don't want to promote myself over them, but I thought it was kind of important to talk about this team this week because they did have a very interesting week. Um, now the record shows two and one, um, which, which is what they did. Um, the Lakers have been such an up and down team all season long. They're either two and one, they're one and two. And and what this team is lacking is a consistency. Um, they For every step forward, they take two steps back. Every two steps forward, they take one step back, which leads them to being just you know, a game or two above 500. Most troubling this week and the greatest concern for the Lakers and really the biggest reason that I wanted to talk about them right now was because of the injury to Anthony Davis. Now the Los Angeles Lakers, again, two and one week, uh, week, they beat the magic. They beat the Mavs in overtime. Uh, They lost to the the Timberwolves on national television. And it was in that game that AD got hurt. We know now that he's out for four weeks with an MCL sprain to his left knee, which means he'll be back. If all goes well, about mid January, the Lakers are, uh, would be just about ready to go on a long six-game road trip, which would be great timing to get AD back. But, again, the concern is not so much that AD is out, but the fact that he hasn't been himself. Um, Evan Moore, who covers the Lakers for us, uh, recently tweeted something about AD. Is he injured or is he hurt, right? It's one thing to be hurt, have a bump and a bruise. It's another thing to be injured. We know now he's injured, but he may have been playing injured all along because his numbers just haven't been what we're used to. The Lakers signed this guy to be the franchise, the face of the franchise. LeBron called him last uh, last season. He called him the face of the franchise. He's the best player. AD has to be the best player on this team. And so far, he hasn't been. LeBron James leads the Lakers with a, a scoring average of 25.7. That's a problem. That's not something LeBron wants. That's not something AD wants. It's certainly not something that the Lakers want. Uh, So at the end of the day, you've got to hope that AD is healthy, that he takes his time to get healthy, that he comes back healthy, and that he can become that dominant offensive, defensive force that he needs to be. The Lakers are only going to go as far as Anthony Davis takes them. He needs to be phenomenal. Um, They cannot rest uh, on um, the laurels of uh, LeBron James. Uh, as wonderful as he is, as amazing as he is, as incredible incredible as it is to watch him do what he's doing at his age, um, he can't take the Lakers uh, to where they want to be, and that's a championship run. They need Anthony Davis for that. And um, you know, right now is kind of a cru- crucial moment for th- this team, this franchise, with him out. Um, I think that they will likely – be okay uh, until he gets back. I think the record will probably be what it is now. They'll stay right about in the middle of the hunt in the Western Conference. But it's when he comes back in mid-January that we're really going to find out who this Lakers team is. Um, so not a great week, but they haven't had very many great weeks. Um, but very, very troubling news uh, for, for the Lakers uh, in that Anthony Davis will be out for four weeks. Isaac, that's my Lakers update. I like that, Jose, and I like the reference that you made um, saying that for every step that the you know Lakers move forward, they're going to move one back. And that's what happened against the Mavericks. I thought, and I think you might have thought this too, yeah. and most Lakers fans did, I saw on social media, 
that this is the game that would give you know the Lakers confidence momentum you know you could say tons of words that that the Lakers can take from that game they won in overtime I mean besides Austin Reeves game winning shot Westbrook made a clutch shot LeBron made a clutch dunk you know Wayne Ellington made a clutch three and he's going to be key again and I talked about this when I recapped the Heat's week with players entering protocols these players are going to need to step up and I think Austin Reeves big shot in overtime gave him that confidence but then losing to the Timberwolves without Anthony Edwards let's bring that up is not a good look so um you know it, it is a good and bad week for the Lakers but again they're not building that confidence and consistency that we need to see right. from a team with multiple future Hall of Famers and I think that's the problem that you addressed but I also like the problem with Anthony Davis and, and Evan Moore brought that up that he could have been uh, playing through that injury. Now, when AD's fully healthy later in the season, hopefully he's fully healthy, we could see if AD still, you know, is performing with top numbers. But great recap, Jose. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I enjoy doing those from time to time uh, and uh, hope to do them again. But I appreciate that. Thank you. That's our Lakers recap. Now, I'm really excited for the first time ever to drop the pin. And Isaac, thank you for, uh, for co-hosting that segment with me. We're dropping the pin in and around Memphis. Uh, Theodore Fernandez is doing double duty for us and talking Memphis Grizzlies basketball. Uh, we are fan experts. We uh, certainly love the game. Um, we have allegiance to a team. Theodore is a Thunder fan, but he knows the game. And he was really excited to talk about the Memphis Grizzlies. So, Theodore, excited to have you back. Tell us about the Grizz. They are doing pretty good. Yeah, I love what is going on in Memphis. They This is just such a great collection of good players. You know, there's nothing really special on this team, but they just work together so well. They're well coached. They, and the team chemistry on this team is, I think, unmatched. I can't see a single other organization. I mean, maybe Phoenix that has a more together group of players. Um, John Morant is obviously a great player. He um, was absolutely dominating at the start of the year. But this team is just playing better without him. And I'm not going to start getting into hypotheticals like, does Ja hold this team back? Because I don't think he does. But I think what I do think is that this Grizzlies core is really maturing. And there's a ton to be excited about in Memphis. I'm not going to ask you to elaborate too much. But I, 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 I can't not talk about it. They are doing this well without Morant. Uh, one of the contributors at the Peach Basket, Steve, just recently wrote just a little blurb, some trade ideas. And, and, and I figured that he was going to get some heat for this. But he talked about Morant and how the Grizzlies are playing better without him. He talked about Luka. And he's out right now. And all of a sudden, Porzingis has stepped up and he's playing well. Um, so <sighs> I'm just going to ask it, man. And, and I know that you've already alluded to it, but when you play well without your star player, there has to at least be a conversation. Do we move on from John Morant? Uh, do you think that, you know, let's put it into, into percentages. What do you think the likelihood, not of it happening is, because I do think the percentage of it happening is probably zero, but what do you think the 
what do you think the uh, the conversation that's being had in Memphis executive office about this is? I mean, are they thinking about it? Are they, is it a 10, 20 percent? Uh, I would think it might have to be. But what do you think? OK, so here's what I'll say about this. I think there absolutely should be some kind of a conversation held. Yeah. Because especially when you look at the history of this Memphis Grizzlies franchise, first of all, you're in a uh, pretty small market. You know, it's most guys don't like yeah. aren't clamoring to go play in the city of Memphis. Right. Although John Morant comes uh, is kind of close to the area, so maybe that's a little different for him. But also, if you look at this franchise, their best years were in this uh, grit and grind Grizzlies era, where you had. Yeah the Zach Randolph, Mike Conley team without a true superstar. And if you're Memphis, maybe you're thinking, okay, can we recreate that without a true superstar in John Moran? Hmm. I think that should be slightly considered. But I think the other big point is um, if you look at Ja, you know, the player comparison that comes to mind, for me at least, is Derrick Rose. Mm -hmm. And we unfortunately all know what's happened with Derrick Rose injury-wise. And if you look at Ja so far, maybe there's a conversation there because he's dealt with a lot of knee issues already in his career. And I think it's a slim possibility. Hopefully this doesn't happen, but it's definitely possible that injuries continue to plague him and affect his long-term success. So I think yeah. there is plenty of upside in, in uh, trading Ja. I mean, just think about how incredible the return would probably be. You know, you'd right. set yourselves up in a great position. I could I could see the Grizzlies trading John Morant and improving as a team. I just don't there's just no way it happens. There's Right. Maybe next year, maybe if stuff starts to sour between John and the organization, five percent chance max that we even see any we even see any information about a John Brown trade. Love going into these kind of hypotheticals, though. Yeah. Couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Interesting is a lot of this stuff, especially now, right? Uh, teams can make trades, so these kind of hypotheticals, they pop up, and we'd be foolish not to talk about them. But I agree with you. I think that in some whiteboard in the Memphis executive office, somebody has got it up, and – they're, you know, they're, they're thinking about it and they're looking at what they could get back. And, you know, the, you know, the ball is rolling, but we know it's not going to go anywhere. Certainly not this season. Um, but I think, yeah, at the end of the day, I think if you're a Memphis Grizzlies fan, you've got to be encouraged, right? This team is playing well. They're playing well without the guy who was supposed to be, you know, the star that you know, we would crumble without. Um, I think it's encouraging that other players are stepping up. Uh, again, it's a good franchise, good team. And, um, you know, hopefully Jock comes back and they get even better. And then we can stop talking about this. But uh, outstanding, Theodore. Great recap. Excited to talk Grizzlies moving forward. With that being done, that concludes our team recaps. We're going to bring back Isaac and talk NBA question of the day. Before we get to the question of the day, I want to remind you all to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. 
Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. The question of the day, I say it every week, is always always gives me a little bit of trouble um, because I want to get it right. I want it to be a, um, a question that matters um, and a question that's also timely. This one kind of wrote itself. Uh, hate that we have to bring it up, but this is where we are right now. Uh, March 11th of 2020 was the day the NBA shut down because of COVID. They were the first major sports league to do it. And for me personally, that was the start of the pandemic. That's when I knew it was real. Um, this go around, um, you know, with the second resurgence of, of, of the virus, the NBA has been a little slow to react. LeBron James has criticized the protocol. Uh, other players have as well. In week nine, there were almost 60 players in health and safety protocol. So the question is simple. And I don't know that we're going to have to talk a whole lot about it, but um, the question is, should the NBA pause the 2021-22 season? Um, NHL has done it. Um, uh, NFL is moving games around. Uh, it's not unprecedented. Um, right now, the NBA has no plans to do it, but should they? Let's start with Isaac. Isaac, what are your thoughts on the NBA and this resurgence of the virus? Um, yeah, a- absolutely. I think the NBA should pause the 2021-2022 season. Um, COVID is just getting worse, and there's actually a new variant, the Omicron uh, virus. Um, so that's definitely a problem. Um, I know the question didn't ask this, but I'm just going to bring it up. I don't think the NBA will pause their season um, even if they're listening to my argument right now, it, it's just they want the Christmas Day games to go on. So maybe sure. after the Christmas Day games, they'll pause the season, but they want um, the Christmas Day games to go on. But I'm taking into consideration that there is Christmas Day games and that that's bringing in a lot of money. And I'm still saying that they should pause the season. I just don't think the NBA is going to pause it until after the Christmas Day games. Yeah. I I don't think you give yourself enough credit. I think uh, the NBA executives have us tuned in right now, and they are listening to every word you said, and they're writing it up on the whiteboard right now. Uh, So that's an interesting interesting point. Uh, I'll I'll give you my thoughts in a minute. Great uh, great overview. Uh, Theodore, do you have any thoughts? Do you think the NBA should pause the 2021-22 season? I think – it would be a horrible move for the NBA to shut down. I just think, um, I think we should take a look back at the 2020 shutdown. You know, they shut down in March. They didn't come back yep. until July. Yep. I think if they shut down, you know, and say, okay, two weeks shutdown, we'll be back in a couple weeks, 14 days. I think it could quickly spiral into a situation where. Yeah. We're finishing the season up around September, and I just don't think it's the right move for the NBA. In addition, I think it kind of goes against a lot of what the, um, what basketball fans value. You know, what's one of the most iconic performances in the NBA? Uh, Michael Jordan's flu game. And that was kind of alluded to by Adam Silver yeah. a couple um, days ago with a, a report out of the commissioner's office that um, – they're considering allowing players to play even if they test positive as long as they're both vaccinated and asymptomatic which um 
would apply right. for much of a lot of the players who are currently um, in the protocol. So I really think there's, I think it's very possible for the NBA to keep the season going with fans, even if the pandemic um, does get worse. I think it's very possible to, you know, throw the players in, um, in a type of quarantine where they're in, you know, team bubbles, not interacting with the public. Cause I know a lot of people are concerned with, players um endangering other people but i think the nba absolutely needs to keep the season going with um full capacity stadium arenas i think that's um that must happen for the sport of basketball yeah no great point you guys both touched on it um i've given this a lot of thought i'll be real honest with you um and, and I agree with both of your points. Number one, the NBA, uh, they understand they're an entertainment league. They understand that, uh, you know, they, they're a business. Uh, they've got to make money. There's a lot of money in the Christmas games. And, um, you know, from an entertainment perspective, they understand that, you know, they, they, they bring us, you know, joy. And when the NBA came back after that long um, gap that you brought up, Theodore, I was excited. I couldn't. I couldn't wait to watch basketball again, even if it was in a bubble uh, setting uh, in Orlando. Um, so my knee jerk, should the NBA pause the season? My knee jerk was, yeah, man, they absolutely need to. 60 players is too many. But then as I gave it a little bit of thought from the entertainment perspective, uh, from the financial perspective, uh, the things that you guys both brought up, man, maybe not. As, as bad as 60 players is, I think it would have to be just a little bit worse um, for them to do that. Uh, Theodore, you brought up something that I hadn't even considered, right? Uh, they, they start with a week or two, and, and you know, then all of a sudden more players are, are uh, impacted and they have to go to a month, and then who knows? Um, so it is a little bit of a slippery slope. Uh, I'm not sure what a one-week pause would even do. Um, I, I don't know that there's great value in that. But I, I do know that it's been exhausting to follow uh, all of these Woj tweets coming out. This person's got it. This person's got it. It's, it, it's been exhausting and it's been rough. But I, I agree. I agree with both of you. Uh, whether they should or not, uh, you know, I think, I think we're all leaning on the possibly maybe. But no is, uh, you know, probably our, our answer across the board. Um, and I know for a fact right now that the owners don't want to. I don't think Adam Silva wants to. My only hope in moving forward is that they get things a little bit more clear so that the players can understand, that we as fans can understand. Um, we just uh, got here in L.A. Um, a, a very long list of rules that we had to follow to go watch Laker and Clippers games moving forward. So, you know, the screws are certainly tightening here in L.A. I just hope it's crystal clear for all the players moving forward. Uh, I don't want the NBA to go away again. Um, but that being said, I do want everybody to be safe. Uh, and that's all of you included as well. Uh, that's our show. Week nine of the 2021-22 NBA season is in the books. Now listen, next week is Christmas. Week after that is New Year's. So our show will be back in three weeks. We may do some things uh, between now and then, but it won't be in this format. We're going to run back all of December in uh, the new year. Have a great Christmas, everybody. Enjoy your holiday season. Happy New Year. We'll be back in 2022 to once again run it back. 
voice of the fan. Drop a bounce pass, throw down the rim rocker. Lay up off the glass, right past the shot blocker. I follow through like Kobe's is money. You can cash it. For news on LA hoops, come over to Peach Basket. Up to date sports, post game reports, debates and play by play coming straight off the court. The voice of the fan making noise, causing havoc. Zone a man up, you can ask Peach Basket. The Peach Basket coming tune on there. The Peach Basket where the news begins. We're dropping news like we're in the stands. Creative views from the average fans.